All right, turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy. I'm sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to be in 1 Timothy, but 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I was going to do something I don't normally do, but I forgot my prop. And my kids actually cleaned the car, so I couldn't find one in there either. But um, he, Pastor mentioned Junior Church, and I was going to put a... We have enough workers, don't worry. I'm, I'm, but I was going to put a plug in to, to say, you think you don't have... So Junior Church, I'll just be honest, is not my specialty. And I'm glad I'm in there, though, because I actually have to work at it. So I'm not comfortable with you know, that age group sometimes. So I actually have to work at it. And I don't go through the motions. And one of the things we do in there that I never thought would work is I use an old sock, a clean one, and I do a little puppet show with the kids. And they, they go absolutely bonkers over this guy. His name is Mr. Stinky. And, and so I, I, I looked in my van and my kids clean. Sometimes there's a sock in my van. You that have kids understand. And uh, I didn't find one, so and I forgot it at home. But that's just an example of you think, oh, that'll never work. But for some reason, the kids absolutely love Mr. Stinky when he appears in class. And they go bonkers over it. They start laughing, and kids are falling out of their chairs. And so it just shows you it doesn't require a lot of skill. You know, you just need to be willing to embarrass yourself a little bit, I guess, is uh, what the word I'm looking for. But... 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to read verse 1 through 11. It says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me, take Mark, and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And then turn over to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24 and verse 16. In verse 16 it says, For a just man falleth seven times, and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for the privilege we have to be in church tonight. I thank you for uh, the good morning that we had this morning. I thank you for uh, the way that we are able to uh, celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and give thanks to you and on Tuesday and also uh, in our homes on Thursday. And uh, we're certainly thankful for all that you do for us. And I pray that you'd help us as we meet tonight, that you'd help us to be uh, open and honest before you. I pray that you'd give me wisdom, give me the words to say, uh, help me not to uh, say anything less than you want me to, and help me not to say anything more. And I just pray that you'd get the honor and glory here tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We live, as you know, in an interesting world, don't we? <laughs> uh, especially of late, it seems like. But something that we often forget is that we're in a fight. Sometimes, you know, in that fight, you know, we fall. Just like we just read that verse, uh, a just man falleth seven times and riseth again. But we're encouraged to do what? To rise again. You know, um, there's the, the verse when Peter asks, uh, how many times I should forgive? Uh, Jesus said unto him, 70 times 7. So I don't think, using that passage and comparing it to this passage, that when it says a just man falleth seven times and rises again, I don't think that if you reach the seven mark and you fall again, that you're going to, a trap door opens and you're going to disappear. Okay? Uh, but the principle behind it is, is to keep getting up. Um, if you've ever been in a fight, and hopefully not many of you have been in a fight in here, um, but if you've ever been in a fight, I've been in fights, and if you've ever been in a fight, you know, you know what to do. They always say this, and it's true. If you've ever been in a fight, you know this. You, you know what to do until you get punched in the face. Everybody has this grand plan of, you know, well, you know, if, they're, they're, if this person, if they swing at me this way, I'm going to defend it this way, and if... And if they attack here, I'm going to block it and come back with this counter punch and, and all that stuff. But when you get punched in the face and little birdies are flying different directions, because that happens, uh, and you see stars and, and uh, you're kind of, your head starts to wobble a little bit and you're thinking, wow. Well, you have two choices. You can either run and go tell your mom. Well, if you're an adult, please don't do that. Uh, or you, you can... Get back in the fight, okay? And I'm not encouraging this. This is a spiritual thing, okay? Now, I'm not encouraged. I don't want to see all the boys out there, you know, fighting after church to see how you respond when you get punched in the face, okay? Please, okay? Because I, I have a son, and I know he's like me, so I know what he's thinking right now, okay? Um, so the, 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 the message is this, that we all talk about what we're going to do. You know, um, and when you work in the profession that I work in, a lot of guys that have never, and, and I hope some of them never have to, but if you've ever had to get involved in something at work, they always talk, you know, some of them, well, you know, if, if I'm ever in that situation, this is what I'm going to do. When that guy did this wrong and blah, blah, blah. And then when the alarm goes off to respond, they have to use the bathroom all of a sudden and they disappear or they get hit and they're done. And the Christian life is a lot like that. You know, we can uh, th say that we're ready to fight and we can, we can say that we're, we're going to stand strong. And then the governor says, we're going to shut the whole state down. And then all of a sudden, everybody doesn't know what to do. And I'm not, I'm not saying this to pick on anybody. I'm saying this to all of us. It was a wake-up call. It was like, whoa, we, we got to be real Christians now. 
And so our tendency is to not get back up sometimes or to fight the wrong way. Um, but what do we need to do when we get hit? We need to get back up. Um, I like to uh, think of the example that Pastor Gip used. Uh, I've heard him use it a couple different times, but he said that, you know, everybody makes it sound like the Christian life is just this grand and glorious thing, which it is, but there's tough times too. And, and he used the example uh, talking about his um, neck injury and things, and he said, you know, some mornings I literally have to say, left foot, right foot. Left foot, right foot. Why? Because he has to tell himself to move. And, and that's, you know, sometimes what we have to do. Is we, but the, the important thing is to get back up. Um, my, you know, my favorite song is uh, Day by Day. And it says, day by day, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but, but day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to carry on. To me, it's very interesting. Um, I started to uh, journal. You ever want to find out about yourself, start writing about what you're thinking. Scary, at least on my part. But I, 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 my wife got me this, um, this thing for my birthday last year, and I've been, I've been writing things on there. And I, I write down the process when I mess up, you know, whether I'm on a diet or whatever, and I, I figure out what goes through my mind right before I mess up. And it really opened my eyes to how I follow a pretty close pattern in things. And I get into some real ruts sometimes, and it really, really opened my eyes to some things. But I noticed that sometimes some of the reasons I, and not necessarily quit, I'm, not, I'm still going to church and all, reading my Bible, all those things, but sometimes we quit and we shouldn't. We should get back up. You know, um, I like sports, as, as most of you know, and I'm going to use a couple analogies from, from sports kind of in my introduction here, but, and I hope, I want more success for you in your Christian life, okay, than this, so don't use this as a, a bar example, but do you know that uh, if you are going to be a baseball player that makes it to the Hall of Fame, which is one of, you know, the, the top achievements, you have to fail 70% of the time? If you average a 300 batting average, for your entire career, you're pretty much guaranteed to make it to the Baseball Hall of Fame as a hitter. A 300 batting average. That means three out of the ten times you went to the plate, you either struck out or got thrown out or whatever. You failed seven out of ten times. So um, do you strike out in life and just say, that's it, I'm done? Does a baseball player you know, say, well, I struck out today, so I'm, I'm done. Turn all my equipment in and it's over. I gave it a try. An NFL quarterback, they consider him a success if he completes 65% of his passes. That's not very good. If you kept your car inside the line 65% of the time, <laughs> you know, it'd be bad, right? I mean, there's certain things we don't want to have that margin of failure in. Uh, but, 
you know, and I don't know the exact figure, but there was, you know, and I'm not going to start a debate about the greatest basketball player ever, but it is Michael Jordan, okay? But um, he made the statement one time about how many game-winning shots he actually missed. And the percentage was really high. Now, does that mean that he never makes an, oh, you know what? Last time we were close and I shot and I missed, so I'm not going to take this shot. No, he kept shooting. And we, you know, if they can do that, for a sport, for uh, something that is not going to matter in eternity. You know, um, name me, and unless you're a real, you know, sports aficionado, and I, I, I follow sports, don't get me wrong, name me the last 10 teams that won the Super Bowl. In order. I bet you, if, and I'm not going to bet, but if I had a $100 bill sitting up here that nobody in this room could probably do it without the use of their phone. Right? I had to think about it today. I couldn't even remember who won the Super Bowl last year. I do remember, but uh, now I had to think about it for a minute. And, but you know what? Why? Because it's, it's not of eternal value. And we have a much more uh, important thing to fight for. So I'd like to preach a message tonight uh, called Keep On Fighting. Keep on fighting. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 1. And there's three things. Well, there's more than three things. This is not an exhaustive list. But three things that I have written down that we should uh, keep fighting. And the first is to keep fighting false doctrines. Keep fighting false doctrines. 1 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 3. It says, As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith, so do. So he says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies and teach no other doctrine. And there's other examples um, in the Bible of, you know what, he says, stay the course. You know what, Here, here's what I'm seeing of, among friends that I've known. I, I'm, I'm saying not necessarily local friends, but maybe kids that I went to college with or people that I, that I knew and, and I don't keep, I'm not one of these people that, you know, keeps up with everybody. I, I'm not really, you know, um, I'm not, I am on social media, but, you know, people that send me friend requests, I don't always accept them. Because I'm like, you have made zero effort to contact me, and you never talk to me, so you just want to look at my pictures or whatever, you know. But, so what I'm saying is, I, but I, I, I talk to people, and, you know, I see people going to this, it's, more, it's easier to just compromise on the truth. It's easier to, you know what, go to a church where you feel more comfortable. I'll be honest, I'm comfortable in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. I'll just be honest. I bet you there's a church somewhere that I could fit into doing that. And maybe even flip-flops, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but, but, 
But I'm not going to do that because usually in that type of situation, their music is not pleasing to the Lord. They're not using the right Bible. They're not, you know, teaching. The... Listen, we don't need to branch it off. And I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you anything new, but we don't need to branch off into anything new. There is, listen, I don't know about you, but I've been, I've been in church since I was a baby. Not always paying attention, to be completely honest, okay? Uh, but I've been in church, and I'm 42 years old. I've heard a lot of things about the Bible. I've read the Bible through numerous times, cover to cover. But there's still things in there that I really don't get and that I don't have an understanding of. I mean, I read through Proverbs. Every, I read a chapter in Proverbs every day, and I've done that for, I can't even remember, I think since I was a teenager. I was reading in Proverbs yesterday, and I saw a verse that's been on that page. My, my book, my Bible in Proverbs, is just, the pages are discolored, they're sticky. They're, it's just, it, I spend a lot of time in Proverbs. And I saw that verse and I thought, what in the world? What? Was that in a different language last time? I, you know, the last you know, 30 years? I don't know. But see, we don't need anything new. We need to stick with the old stuff. We need to stay on the right path. Uh, 2 Timothy, turn over to 2 Timothy, chapter 2. And you, can I just put this little plug in there too? Because this is just, I know myself too. I like exciting things. And I think that's what sometimes what, how we get off course is we get enamored by excitement and emotion and we let our emotions lead us instead of sticking to what the Bible says. But that's just, that, that was free. That, but that's sometimes the direction we, we go. It says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved unto God. You cannot rightly divide unless you study. So the second point, so we need to stay the course. That's how we, we uh, keep fighting uh, false doctrines. Uh, we need to study the Bible. This requires work and time. And you know what? Compared to other generations, we're of the least amount of excuse. Yeah, do we have a lot of things going on in this world? Listen, do you know how I knew that I had to preach tonight? Guess who told me? My calendar. Now, I did talk to pastor, obviously, but I put things in my calendar. My calendar, I can set it to remind me a whole bunch of times. I can set the thing on my phone that says, tells me to pray for a certain person at a certain time every day. That tells me all those different things. I have an app on my phone that, has Bible, that reads the Bible to me in whatever voice I decide I want it read to me. I can have it with dramatization or without dramatization. Uh, I can have it shut off after a certain amount of time at nighttime as I'm laying in bed. 
I have a dictionary on my phone, a 1828 dictionary, and I sit there. I don't do it every day, but I'll be reading, and I'll, I won't understand a word. And I'll, I wonder what that word means. And I'll press the button, and oh, type it in. Oh, that's what that word means. We listen. We we have. I was just telling the kids this this morning, and and we sometimes forget this. I have four Bibles sitting at my bedside table. You know those people in this. And they're all the King James, okay, don't worry. Uh, one was my grandfather's, one was my grandmother's, one was an old one from when I was a kid, and then one. But I have those sitting there. I have four copies of it. There's people that still to this day don't have never seen a whole copy of God's Word. And a lot of, in a lot of cases is better spiritually than a lot of us. But you need to study. We don't have an excuse not to study. Uh, you know, um, it, it does it take work? Oh yeah, certainly it takes work. I mean, if you're going to find out what a word means, look. At, you have to look things up. You have to study things out. You have to, you know. Sometimes my kids come to me, and when I was a kid, you couldn't look up things on your phone, so I make them do it the hard way. And they sometimes, I don't know if they really like it the hard way, but I say, go get a dictionary. We have two of them downstairs. But Daddy, you can just type it into your phone. I'm like, I know but you can go downstairs and get the dictionary. <laughs> and you can look it up the good old-fashioned way. And, you know, that's, that's, that's important. But we have to study the Bible. Um, uh, we have to study proper material. That's another way that we keep fighting false doctrines. Um, you know, uh, you are what you read. Really. Um, you know what? And I'll be the first to admit, you can learn something from, from anybody. I'll, I will say that. And you can learn something from somebody that may not line up with exactly the way we believe, but be careful. Make sure you know the truth. You know, they, the, um, they say that uh, counterfeiter, people that, that are in fraud departments, they don't learn how to identify counterfeit bills by looking at counterfeit bills. The way that they learn is they study what the actual bill is supposed to look like. And they, they memorize it and they know every little detail about that so that when they see the counterfeit, it immediately jumps off the page at them and they go, whoa, that's, that's fake. We, whoa, that's bad. We need to stay away. And you know what? That's the way we should be about false things. Nothing should surprise us. Nobody should be able to uh, come just come into us and blindside us with, with false information and with heresy. We should know with, immediately there should be a bell that goes off in our head and we go, whoa, 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 stop right there. You're, you're, you're getting way off into the weeds here, buddy. But a lot of times what happens is when where uh, people get pulled away is they don't actually know the Bible, so they don't, they're, they're easily deceived. And that should not be said of us. So we need to stay the course. We need to study the Bible. We need to study proper material. And you know what? Don't read your, your things that fill your mind with things that you shouldn't be thinking about. Uh, be careful reading nonsense. And what I mean by nonsense is just filler stuff. Be, just be careful what you read. That's all. You know what? Uh, you know, Demas, in this, this passage we read in the, in the opening, says Demas loved this present world. Well, I'm sure that Demas read some things 
that he shouldn't have read that caused him to fall more in love with the world. Um, if you remember the passage in Acts 19 where uh, they destroyed books, why? Because they were leading God's people the wrong way. You need to know what's in your library, and we're going to touch on this a little bit later. So, uh, second point is this. Keep fighting for the faith. So we're supposed to fight false doctrines, but we should fight for the faith. And turn to, we're in 2 Timothy already, verse, uh, chapter 4. It says in verse 5, it says, uh, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So he says, Watch thou in all things. So we should be vigilant. We should be alert. We should know what's going on. Right? We should be aware. You know, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You know what? I, I love watching, uh, when, when uh, Brother Ingalls was here, he was talking about birds. That's me. So if that makes me an old person, then okay, I'll be old. Because he said that's what old people do. But that's not really true. Young people do it too. And, and even though my wife says I'm old, I'm not really old. Okay? <laughs> she always jokes around with me about that because she's six years younger than me. So, you know, it's. But um, I love to watch things. So I was outside with, I think it was Timothy, uh, a couple weeks ago. And we're out working in the backyard. And all of a sudden, we heard all this commotion. The birds were very angry, okay? And they were just all fired up. They were all making kinds of noise. And, and, and I'm not talking about crows. You know how crows are just... No, they weren't crows. Where we live, we don't really have crows. And um, they were making all kinds of commotion. And I, I'm thinking, what is going on? They're upset about something. So we, we stopped and we looked up, and there's a huge hawk. We have a hawk that lives in the trees on the one border of our property. And um, this hawk was up there, and the way the wind was blowing, he had, was completely still in the air. The wind was blowing just right, so he wasn't even moving. But he wasn't blowing away either. It was just pretty cool to watch. And, and he kept adjusting his wings just to just stay completely still. Well, that's what they were all upset about. Because... That hawk is the one that lives in those trees. And he was up there hunting, and even though we couldn't see him at first, he was on the hunt. But they could see him. But you know, that's the way the devil is. You know, we relax, we feel at home, we, we feel comfortable, and then he comes in and, and gets us. Because we're not vigilant. Because we let our guard down. Because we're not paying attention. Uh, second of all, we need to be valiant. I tried to be rhyming, I don't know. Uh, endure afflictions, it says in this passage, in this verse. It says, endure afflictions. Don't be a quitter. We talked about this already. But you know what? Guess what? Can I just tell you a, a piece of advice? And I honestly don't believe that when some people do this, they don't. I don't think they're doing it on purpose. Sometimes in church... People will say things to you that rub you the wrong way. Now, sometimes it's your fault because you're not, and it bothers you because maybe they're right, 
or it bothers you because or you're just easily you know your your hackles are up as they say right but you know what toughen up a little bit now be a christian about it be wise about what you say i'm not excusing anybody that has the wrong attitude and is you know says says things they shouldn't say but how you respond makes the difference. Did you ever stop and think that sometimes Christians are used to test us a little bit? And I'll be honest with you, I don't like it. At times, I don't react the right way. Somebody says something to me, I'll go, what's their problem? Christians shouldn't talk like that to other Christians. Well, maybe... You know, I always, I always think about this. I, I go through this thought process, okay? Maybe, maybe you don't do this, but I do this. I, I, I think to myself, well, let's see. God could take the Red Sea and he could make walls on both sides and they could walk across on dry ground. He can tell the wind when to blow and when not to blow. He can um, create storms. He can free people, uh, heal people. He can do all these miraculous things. Certainly, he can shut a blabbermouth's mouth. And he let him say it. That's just the thought process I go through. Now, I'd be lying to you if I said that I don't always react the right way. But it's the truth. Is God in control? Yes or no? I, I think you would all agree he is in control. So, we need to, you know, as... My dad used to say to me when I was a boy, and he may not remember this, but he used to say, you have big shoulders, son. You can take it. That's what he used to tell me. And, and I, I always remember that. I, and he'd say, you know what? You can handle it. You'll be fine. And this isn't going to be the end of you. Instead, we let it, let it take us down this rabbit hole of bitterness and unforgiveness and hard feelings. No, sometimes we just need to be valiant, be strong, don't complain, and keep getting up. So we get knocked down, we, we, get, we go down that path a little bit, and we start to feel like, oh, you know what, why do I even go to church? I, I went there to, to, to get a blessing and to this, and that person has to say something about my eyeglasses. Or who knows? I mean, people say things, you know, and they think they're trying, they, they think they're being helpful, you know, uh, and they're not, okay? And, and you're, maybe it's a sensitive subject for you. And, you know, they say, oh, look, I think you've lost weight. Have you lost weight? And, you no, know, you actually gained 15 pounds this week. And, you know, and you're like, oh, who, how dare they? What, what's wrong with people, right? We get these things wrong sometimes, okay? So, so have some, some grace, all right? So be versatile. Uh, it says, uh, do the work of an evangelist. And what, an evangelist was somebody, in the Bible, talks about an evangelist. An evangelist was somebody that was supposed to, to give out the gospel. Well, that takes versatility. That takes, uh, just like we talked earlier, uh, that takes study. That takes, you know what, um, there was a, a, a guy I used to go soul winning with in college, and he was such a blessing to me because he had, and what it was was the Spirit of God, but he had a, a way of when he went to, and it wasn't a, you know, a thing he learned in a class, I don't think, or anything like that. He just got alone with God in the morning before we went out. And we'd go up to these people's doors. And I, used to, I asked him one time, I go, 
how do you know what to, how did you come up with this? He goes, well, when I came up, I saw that they had a, a sticker from something, and I went to that park one time, and, and he would start off the conversation with talking about the state park, and next thing you know, we're at John 3.16, and I'm thinking, how does he do this? But he was versatile. He, could, he, he knew about things. He could talk about a lot of different things with knowledge. Guess what that requires? That requires studying. That requires reading. You know what? I, I'm not a, a, an engineer. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. I do read a little bit about it. I try to you know, read different things. Uh, I read about carpentry. Why? Because you have to know what, when you're talking to people, what to say to them. And, you know, my dad used to tell me this when I was a kid, and I, I always remember this, and I tell my kids the same thing. God is not going to bring to mind something. God is a powerful God, okay? Don't get me wrong. But if you don't know something, you know, I used to pray sometimes in school, and maybe some of you did the same thing. Lord, please help me with this test. And then he would say to me, well, I would love to help you, but if you, you didn't study the way you should have, so I'm only going to give you the answers that you studied. I'm not, you know, writing them on the wall like in Daniel, or, you know, I'm not, do, I'm not doing that, right? And what? We want the easy way out. But what, what does it take? It takes work. So that means you have to be versatile. You have to, you know, uh, be an evangelist, uh, you know, and I'm... Uh, it means a little bit of lifestyle evangelism too. You know, the Bible says that, that when we do things, it says do all things without murmuring and disputing. What does it say right after that? That if you are somebody that's not a murmurer and a disputer, you are a testimony and, you are, and, and that shines forth brighter than anything you could ever say to somebody. Now, yes, is the gospel important? Yes, it's, the number, it's very important. I'm not diminishing that at all. But if we know all the knowledge and all the head stuff, but we, you know, kind of like the, some of the guys I work with, that they laugh at all the dirty jokes, they uh, talk about the same things that everybody else at work talks about, and then when you start talking about the Bible, they say, oh yeah, brother. And everybody at work is looking at, like, who's this guy? We've never heard him say anything. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, talking about being a Christian. and See, the world wants to see reality. That's what they want to see. Because you know what they see? they see? They see a church that says all these things about, you know, one of my biggest issues, I'm not going to go into politics, but one of my biggest issues with the Catholic Church is they lie. And the, one, the biggest, not the biggest way they lie, but one of the big ways they lie is they say, well, this, this, and this, and this is wrong. And uh, they fight for saying abortion is wrong, and I agree it's wrong. But then when a politician believes that it's okay and, and pushes choice and pushes all these things and has a live-in girlfriend when the Catholic Church teaches against that, and he's the governor of a state, they don't excommunicate him from the church. They say, oh, this is what it's supposed to be, and then, and why? That, what is that? That's hypocrisy. But, you know, we can do the same thing. 
But that is what people want to see. People want to see real. They want to see someone who, hey, he may not be, you may not be perfect, but at least you, you stick, you're consistent, you get knocked down, you get back up, and you keep going. So we need to be versatile, and that leads right into the next thing is being victorious. It says, make full proof of thy ministry. People want to see, and you know, our children want to see victory. Nobody likes the team that loses all the time. Unless they're real diehard fans. But even the diehard fans get weary after a while, right? But we want, what, what do we like to, what, what, are, what I, at least this is me, okay? I like underdog stories. I, I've always been that way. I love reading about people who overcame insurmountable odds, uh, like the wrestler that has no arms and no legs and, and wins the wrestling championship against people that have arms and legs. Uh, you know, uh, or, or different people like that. Or, or the, uh, the father that, that pushes his son in these races in a wheelchair. Just things like, I love stories like that. Uh, why? Because I like to see, I like winning, okay? And, um, you know, Vince Lombardi once said, winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. All right? And I'm not espousing, the, okay, all of Vince Lombardi's quotes, okay? But it's, it's nice to win, right? I mean, when you, when you knock on a thousand doors over, a, a, you know, a summer or whatever, and, and you don't see anybody saved, it, it kind of digs at you a little bit, you know? And you, and you start to evaluate things and say, well, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, and you, 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 want, you want to see something happen. If you're praying, you know, just we, we have a prayer list in our house of things we're praying for. We, you want to see victory. You know what? You, you'll want to see, uh, for instance, here's a, here's a good example. I, I tell my kids, Timothy doesn't really understand because he never really remembers uh, living anywhere else except for the house. We prayed, but we didn't want to move. And, and uh, the Brazens were patient all those years. But we didn't want to move until we, I didn't, I, I didn't want to move and then move again. No one now if that's what God wanted us to do. And we were we were open to that, but we were we had opportunities, and and I just said, well, you know what, Lord, I really would appreciate it if we could move to a house, and that's a maybe not a forever home, but it's somewhere where we can stay for a while. And you know what, He did that. And I'll tell you, every morning I wake up in that house, I I look, and I first of all I don't hear anything. What a wonderful, I love quiet. I do. I love quiet. Those, I hear birds. I hear deer making their little, you know deer make sounds? I didn't know these deer made sounds that way until I, I moved there. And I, I, I've been around deer before, but they make certain sounds. They communicate with each other. Uh, you know, uh, when my neighbor three miles down the road starts his car, I can hear it. That's how quiet it is where we live. It is so quiet. Sometimes, It'll be eight to ten hours before anybody goes by our house. And just quiet. I love it. But you know what? We could have gotten impatient and we could have jumped in, and I almost did. And my wife, we laugh every time we go by this house now. There was this house that I showed her, and I was like, this is it. It has 12 acres, 
I know the kitchen's not everything we want it to be. I know the upstairs isn't finished. I know that, you know, this and that. And she's just, I don't think this is it, but, you know. And I was just all gung-ho about it and finally smartened up a little bit. But you know what? That would have been a disaster. But you know what? God provided. And you know what? Now I can wake up in the morning and I got something. I always have something to be thankful for. But I, but I can say to my kids, see what happens when you pray. See what happens when you wait. And I can take them by a house that's still a disaster and say, see what happens when you don't wait. And, you know, and you roll a golf. You know, this one house we went into, they had a boat in the basement. But there was no way you are going to get the boat out of the basement. They had closed the basement in. So I don't know what they were waiting for, but I mean, it was crazy. We saw some, we saw some interesting things, all right? But we saw a victory uh, and an answer to prayer, right? And that's what, that's what people need to see. So last of all, let's keep fighting for our family. Turn over to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. And a lot of this, I'll be honest with you. You know, you know what the Christian life is? And I think you, know, you all know this. A lot of what the Christian life is is getting reminded of stuff you already know. That's really what it is. Think about, think about that. That's the way it is in school. You know what? You, you constantly are reminded and, and they build upon what you already know. And, you're, and then they go back to the beginning and remind you again of what you already know. Uh, Judges chapter 2 in verse 10. Well, actually, let's start in verse 8. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath. Here's in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gash. And also, all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And that's to me one of the saddest verses in the, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. And it says, There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And you know how that happens? We stop fighting. Not only do we stop fighting, we stop telling, just going back to the previous point, we stop sharing with people the testimony of how God has taken care of us over the years. What does God constantly remind the children of Israel? He says, remember when I did this? Look in the book of Psalms, it talks about that even. He says, remember when I did this for you? We need to constantly make sure that we're reminding our children of things that God has done. And how do we fall away as families? So some things we need to watch for. First of all, we need to watch for creeping compromise, I wrote down. Creeping compromise. And what is creeping compromise? Creeping compromise is this. One little step. Two little steps. Three little steps, and you say, well, I could never do that. We all are very susceptible to it. 
you know, you know what? I'll, I'll just be on, I'll be honest. I I struggled with this whole thing. I hate to even say the word. I hate that word. For a while, you had to do jumping jacks in my house if you said the word COVID. That was what we were doing in my house. But uh, I but you know what? You know what it did? I think in the long haul, I think it made us a lot of us stronger. At least for me, when it first hit, it didn't make me stronger. I kind of got comfortable. I kind of got used to. I don't sleep in. So I kind of got used to waking up at 4 o'clock on Sunday morning and having six hours with nowhere to be. And then all of a sudden, we're going to start Sunday school again? And I'm thinking, ugh. I'm just being honest with you. I got used to it. I thought, wow, there goes an hour. And you know what? What did I really do in that hour? Not, I mean, <laughs> nothing earth-shattering, okay? Uh, but I got used to it. And how did that happen? You know what? The first week, it really bothered me. And then a little step, and a little step, and, and that's how it happens. Just, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it builds. You know what? You miss, you miss one service, and then you miss two, and then you miss three, and then you miss four. We, we can all do the same thing. There's nobody here that's better than anybody else. And if we're all honest, sometimes, well, at least I'll be honest, okay? Maybe nobody else will say this. Sometimes, for me, Wednesday nights are a struggle. It's the middle of the week. I get out of work sometimes at the last minute. I rush home. And I always feel sick on Wednesdays. I'm just being honest with you. And if I really don't want to go to church, it's amazing. Now, this isn't always the case. But it's amazing how those symptoms get stronger. The closer it gets to 615. It's just, that's just, well, who do you think that is? Do you think that's the Holy Spirit saying, I'm going to make this guy sick? Well, Maybe if I actually stay home and I'm not sick. Yes, I've, that's happened to me before. I, I can remember one, one time in particular, I stayed home, I wasn't sick, I said I was sick, and he said, okay, you want to play games, huh? Well, here you go. Here's a nice dose, right? And I was really sick. And I thought, oh, that was real smart, right? <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. We, if we, if we, here's, here's the problem with Christianity. Can I just say this? We fake way too much. We come to church, and we were just talking about this in junior church this morning. We come to church, and we make sure our, you know, our tie's right, our everything's right, our hair, well, our hair is shaved that morning, so it's, you can't see the gray. And, uh, you know, all, we, we, we shave sometimes, you know, and all that, right? And we pretend like we are holy, holy, holy. I sing this in my house sometimes to my kids. They know. And I'm like, holy, holy. Shut up! That's how we act sometimes. We're, you know, well, you know, I'm just Joe Christian, blah, 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 and then walk around the corner and slam the door and kick the dog down the stair. No, that never happens in my house, okay? I just want to be clear, all right? But we, we do, we react the wrong way, and we then, but, but we portray, then fake, that everything's okay. Well, 
Come on, people. That's how we, and you know, and here's what, we, what happens. I got off on a rabbit trail, but um, creeping compromise. That's how that happens, okay? Creeping compromise. Small steps. Can I just say this, and this is another way this happens? Be careful what you let your kids read. And you say, well, I don't know what my kids read. Well, I'm sorry, I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> then that's your fault. Well, I've heard people say this. Well, I, I don't want to be nosy. Please be nosy. Can I just say that? Please be nosy. Now, maybe some things have snuck into my house, but we go to the library. We're big library people, and I can, I'm going to put a public service announcement out. If you can support your local library, do it. Reading books is a wonderful adventure, okay? We go to the library all the time, but you know what? Those kids don't go to that checkout counter without my wife looking at those books. If I'm there with them, I look at the books. Somebody gives them a book and I don't like it, I tell them to give it back. They don't read it. We have, uh, we have electronic devices in our house. There's probably a way to circumvent dad because dad's not too bright when it comes to those things. But we've done our best. I'm not saying something couldn't happen, but we've done our best to put filters in place, to put time constraints in place, uh, kids, the kids have a, a tablet they work on. They're allowed a certain amount of time per day. They don't, they're not guaranteed that time every day. That's what they thought at first. They're like, oh, we get an hour a day. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's your maximum time per day. Doesn't mean you get an hour a day. It shuts off. Certain time of night, it shuts off. They cannot turn it back on. Now, if they figure out the password, they can get around that, but we'll change the password again. Keyword again, because they've already figured it out once, right? <laughs> Why? Because you know what? Kids, and I'll be the first to admit, my, my kids are evil. They're good kids, but they're evil. They're sinners, just like me and you. Okay? So you have to pay attention to what your kids are doing. Does that take work? Yes. Because you know what? If a kid wants to do something wrong, they're going to work really hard to try to do it. But it takes work. So we need to be careful what we allow in. Secondly, we need to create, and I'm almost done, create struggle. Guess what kind of society we live in that makes me absolutely grates at my skin? We live in a everybody gets a trophy society. Everywhere. It used to be just in Little League and, and, and in kids' soccer. Now it's everywhere. It's an epidemic. Kids don't like who won the election. We create safe spaces at the college so they can go color and hug a teddy bear. You think I'm making it up? It's tr it's 100% true. That's what happened when Trump won 2016 because a lot of people were upset. People literally sobbing uncontrollably on TV because of who was elected as president. And then colleges, where these people pay a lot of money for nothing, which they probably, never mind, I'm not going to go down, but a lot of money for useless information, really. And then they create a safe space for my kid to go color because they didn't like, they didn't like the way the teacher talked to them or, or who won the election. We are so soft. You know, I gave the example to my kids one time, and they thought I was making it up, so I showed them. You know, 
in, in, uh, in other countries, kids at 12 years old are doing military drills? At 12 years old. You know what we're doing in America? We do, at 12 years old, we don't even know how to write cursive. That's a whole other subject. But uh, we don't know how to write cursive. We get a trophy for everything we do. So then we think that the world owes us everything. And, and we're just a bunch of spineless wimps walking around. And then we become adults. And then, going back to the point I made earlier, somebody says something to us at church, and we, that's it! I'm done! Whoa, hold on. Suck it up, buttercup. This is, this is not, uh, uh, um, what's that? I can't even remember that statement, but this is something, not, this is a battlefield, not a recreation. recreation room. Thank you. I couldn't remember that, couldn't remember that part, right? But what do we, we're, see, here's what happens. We get a trophy all of our life, and we get told we're number one all of our life, and then somebody has the audacity to tell us that we're not the most important person in the room. And we can't take it. So we go shoot up a school or, you know what, guess what, I, I hate to tell you this, if a company's only hiring 500 people and 1,000 people apply for the job, 500 people lost. There's 500 losers. That doesn't mean they're bad people. That doesn't mean they're utter failures. They lost. And you know what, the best, the best thing that you can ever do, and it's hard, it's extremely hard as a parent. Never understood it until I was a parent myself. But the best thing you can do for your kids is to, in a controlled environment, let them fail. Let them fall flat on their face. Believe me, my number one response, I'll just be honest, especially with the girls, is to run in and rescue. That's my number one response. That's immediately what I want to do. But sometimes, like I said, in a controlled environment, I'm not saying, you know, here, son, here's five bucks, figure out how to get home. Okay? <laughs> I, I'm not doing that tonight, okay? Because one of my children would be too friendly with people and who knows where he'd end up. <laughs> but it, but what, what am I getting at? The point I'm getting to is this. Let, let your kids fail a little bit. Let them fall on their face. Let them, you know, let, them, let the blood run on their knee just a little bit before you go over and clean it up. Let them, let them get hurt a little bit. Like I said, in a controlled environment, don't be, you know, well, and I've heard people say this, I'm going to be a drill instructor to my kids, and, and I have been that way sometimes. But you know what? That's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about let your, you let your children fail. Let them, let them go through a little bit of struggle. Why? Because they'll learn how to fall and get back up. And that's one of the most important lessons you can ever learn in life is to no matter how hard you get hit or how hard you fall, you get back up. And the last thing is this. And I'm not going to really go into this a lot. But it's, my last point is this. So let me refresh, run through real quick. So, so we should need to fight false doctrine. We need to fight for the faith. We need to fight for our family. And the last point under fighting for our family, not only should we watch for creeping compromise, 
and we should create struggles, but we should be consistent. And I have it written here three times. Be consistent, be consistent, be consistent. And maybe I just said it four times. I don't know. But if you didn't understand what I said, be consistent. Didn't say be perfect, because I'll be the first to admit, and I think we all, like I, we just said a few minutes ago, if we were honest, we'd admit that none of us are perfect. But you can be consistent. And what is consistent? Consistent is not perfect. Consistent is somebody who, every time, says a just man falleth seven times and then riseth up again. It doesn't say that he never falls. It says that he falls down and he gets back up. He falls down and he gets back up. He falls down and he gets back up. And that's all we're supposed to do. Is it hard work? Is it difficult sometimes? Yes. But if you want to make a difference in your, in your, your community and you want to make a difference in your home, then that's what you have to do. You got to keep on fighting and you just have to keep getting up. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Father, I thank you that we can spend some time in your word. I'm thankful for um, the examples you've given us in, in our church of people who have, over the years, have just continued to get up, continued to be faithful, continued to take it on the chin sometimes, but then they just keep getting up. And I'm thankful for the examples you give us in your word of people that did that. And I pray that you would uh, help us to be consistent in our Christian lives, help us to be a testimony, help us to keep getting up and to keep fighting for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.